Shut up and sit down. I'm totally gonna go vegan this season. You shaved your legs? Does shaving your legs really make a difference? Man, shaved legs make such a difference. Look at that guy with the hairy legs. You are listening to The Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Optional listening required. Enjoy episode 104. Totally going vegetarian this season. Eating is cheating, man. I think protein is really gonna help me out in my season. Hey, man, do you have a gel? Do you guys have some lube I can borrow? Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I am Jake Vondering, and today I'm here with Evan Price. Oh, wow. I'm usually not the one who goes first. I don't know what even Curve say right ball. now. Ooh. So what I'm drinking right now, I'll just go with what I'm drinking. I'm drinking a really nice like chocolate coffee right now. Jake, what is this? It's just a chocolate flavored coffee. It's um, very good. I usually don't support this company too much. Uh, it's made by Starbucks. My wife brought it home yesterday. Oh. She's like, you got to try this. So we brewed oh, up. They're a, still good. Yeah, yeah, we brewed up a little French press of it. And I'm like, you know what? That's not half bad. It's very good. Yeah. So it's I figured I'd make good. another one for, for you and myself to sip uh-huh. on during this episode. Just don't sip into the mic because, uh, you know. <laughs> You're we, me we, we don't do ASMR here. People, people don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I might reach over and hit you with my microphone. <laughs> and we are also sipping on Kirkland Sparkling Water, our unofficial sponsor. Yes, sir. Lime flavored for me. Group freight. Lemon group, over here. Group freight. Group freight over there for Jake. Grapefruit. Group freight. Oh, I got brain scramble. But what's new? Cool. Tevin's left. Mr. Lance Hepler. Lance Romance, live and in studio. Maybe I'm not live, but I am in studio, finally. Uh-huh. It's been... Live at this moment. It's been a couple <laughs> weeks since I've been in studio, and I've missed this chair. It felt cold. Okay. It has been very cold. <laughs> Nobody was sitting in it either. Real quick, real quick. Lance and Evan, Rochambeau real quick. Ready? Count of yep. three. One. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right, Here we go. Right. On shoot. On Just shoot. Go. Just go. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. No, it's on shoot, Lance. <laughs> okay, do it again. Oh, and that was again. rock. Do no, so I exactly. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Winner. All right. Yeah. You get the honors. Yes. Do this guy over here. Oh, God. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the interweb? How's everyone looking to you? You're, you're looking good. You're looking good. <laughs> okay, that's close. You sound good. You look good. We have Excellent. No he says a bunch of things like just you look good. You look good. You look okay. You look okay. You Doing look right. okay. <laughs> you want to want to tell the ladies and gentlemen of the internet where Mr. Legrand we is today? We don't have Matt Legrand with us. It is actually a national holiday today. As and we he, record, it is. As we record today, and he is up on a ski trip with his wife and kids. Yeah, wearing his top hat. Yeah, Mount yep. Hood. <laughs> He's at Mount Hood. So, yeah. cool. So we miss Matt. Sweet. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get started with our backpedal. Um, Evan, you want to get us started? Yeah, I had a super exciting weekend full of trainer miles and treadmill miles. So technically, I did not move a single mile this weekend training. Why didn't you come with us on Saturday? 
because here's okay. Here's here's the reason. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> let's let's back it up. The, the day before this Saturday ride was what uh, day, Evan? The day before Friday. And what was the the date? Oh, geez. February fourteenth. What, what, what lands on February fourteenth every year? Um, Come on. Ooh, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Valentine's Day. Okay. Yes. Okay. Right. So okay. Now move forward. All right. So, <laughs> Cassie and I, neither of us really appreciate Valentine's Day as much as it should maybe be appreciated. But <laughs> there's. So we we decided like, hey, you know, we both work all Friday, and we're like, let's just spend Friday evening together, and then let's train together all Saturday. Which usually I just go either on a, on a on a ride with with other folks by myself, or I'm just on the trainer by myself on Saturday. So I brought yeah. my trainer over to Cassie's. We listened to some really cool podcasts together, talked about some cool stuff just with her training because I'm helping her with her training this year. That was year. your Saturday. That's what you did on Saturday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like our Valentine's Day Saturday. It was the day after. Got it. Yep. Yep. We made dinner together. It was good. You know. How sweet. Did more like the time spending together <laughs> stuff. I'm just bad at buying gifts. So it's almost like not even a worthwhile thing for me to do. I would just be like, you know, it, like when I get small gifts is good. But if I'm trying to make like a big purchase for somebody or something good, it's it's not going to be good. So, so your so, big <laughs> Valentine's Day present to Cassie was? <laughs> was uh, myself doing eight by eight minutes and 30 minutes threshold on the bike, <laughs> followed by a run off the bike. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's our boy Evan right there. Okay. okay. It doesn't sound right, Evan. In my defense, if she was on here outside of obligatory making fun of me, as she probably would, we both enjoyed it. It was a great weekend together. It was great. We spent no, a lot of time together. No, that's yeah. what she's telling you. That's <laughs> not. You know, it's funny. What, that's, what everybody's, that's what everybody's telling me is that they're like, no, no, no. She wants something. She's just lying to you. No. That's correct. Yeah. No. Yeah. She's just trying to be nice. Yeah, at and, least buy her like yeah. a box of chocolate recovery bars or, or something. <laughs> <laughs> I did. You know, we we we, we like Ka- uh, Cassie's been um, trying to figure out some of her like like food allergy stuff going forward. So we've been having fun cooking together because it's generally just means we have to eat healthier, which for me is hard because she eats healthy, but I do not. So, so it's been cut back on the coke and the potato chips. No, I mean like I still I still try to <laughs> no. to make sure I still have a steady diet of potato chips, but. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was it was a good Valentine's Day. Right. It, it really was. If Saturday right. was Valentine's Day for you, not for her. For both <laughs> of us, it was great. We had <laughs> trust. You know, it's. I think it would have been worse if I would have just said, "Hey, let's go out to dinner Friday," and then like gone out and ro- rode gravel yeah. for four or five hours, and then you know, like that. Then I would be in a hole right, right. now. I I would be yeah. So. All right. <laughs> Lance, you want to backpedal or was there was there more to this uh romantic week that you had? No, I just I I can't just wait for trainer love. I can't wait for the comments over the next week of like how how awful of it. <laughs> I did get some comments about you over the week, but I'll get to that in just a minute. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know. I know. Something um, something to do with like shoes and drying them out. Oh, so, yes. Yeah. Lance, oh, go ahead and backpedal for us. <laughs> well, I haven't been here for a couple of weeks, and so I don't know how much backpedaling you want me to do, but um I uh, I missed last week because I was in Arizona. I spent uh, a week in Arizona, and I did a couple rides out there that I think are worth mentioning that were just fantastic. There was one day I went out and did a solo century all by myself. Because that's what you do. Because that's what you do when you're out just trying to enjoy the warmer weather. It was actually quite nice, but it got cold because I ended up riding past sunset. and it, Yeah, and it got dark. Did you have lights with you? I had lights with me. Oh, okay. So I had kind of planned for that but 
Just ride harder. Yeah, just ride harder. <laughs> More metabolic heat, baby. <laughs> um, and actually, I, I did another ride, and it was on um, recommendation of Andrew Springer, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, he, he just saw that I was riding there, and he's like, oh, you need to go to South Mountain in, in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So South Mountain is, there's a couple of great roads that go to the very top of this area called South Mountain. There's a bunch of radio antennas and stuff and overlooks. And yeah. So the next day, I went over with... Brandy and she went hiking and I did repeats up uh, South Mountain. How much climbing was it? How long of a um, how many feet of elevation? Getting how long was it to the top? How many miles roughly? Um, it, I did a sixty-four mile ride. I did about five thousand feet of elevation gain. I think okay. each repeat was like fifteen hundred feet. Okay, and I did it a couple times and so then was did it some like extra four stuff. or five miles to get to the top. Uh, it was like. Seven. Seven? Okay. Yeah. So it was probably like what, about a four percent grade to get up there? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Wheelhouse. That's it was cool. it was good. It was not like difficult. Yeah. It was like not so steep. It was difficult. It yeah, was yeah, just yeah. like just go. I mean yeah. it was such a nice climb that I bombed to the bottom and turned around and just did it again. <laughs> so nice, gonna do it twice. <laughs> yeah, I gotta do it again. <laughs> what day was that? Uh it was February seventh. Yeah, is is the the day I went out there. It was just, it was fantastic. Had a great time. And then, the day after that, I went and did one of the Scottsdale uh, Bicycle Ranch shop rides on Saturday. Yeah. And that, again, was like 60 minutes of like full gas drop ride. Uh, You were telling me about that a little bit. Some wheels that you were trying to hold? (sighs) There was a bunch of guys that were training for Valley of the Sun stage race, which Uh is a stage race which happened this this, uh, last weekend in uh, Phoenix. And that day was like their last last big efforts before the stage race. And so, oh my gosh. Did you happen to go back and look at the results to see if any of these guys placed well? I had a hard time finding the results for it. Really? Yeah. I is mean, it a USAC race? It, I don't know. I'm guessing it was because like Legion of Los Angeles was there and um, there was a bunch of people that were sure. there. It's a, it's a pretty big early season race in Phoenix. So, but man, I, yeah. So that ride that day, I mean, it was like full gas for you know, like two and a half hours. It yeah. was difficult, but I was really happy. I was able to. <clears throat> Stay on the guy's wheels that were really going. Yeah. So even on the climb, I was able to stay on the wheel until the very like last half mile. There was there's like a five mile climb or a seven mile climb, and I was able to hang until the last like half mile, which was super encouraging for me. So gotcha. The, the three fun rides I did in Arizona. I had like a 22 hour week, which was really big. So and then this last week. Um, I backed it down to 19 hours. Because <laughs> that's what you do. 19 for recovery week. <laughs> 19 hours. It was definitely not a recovery week. Because Tapering for camp. <laughs> I was I was still trying to put in some big efforts to get ready for camp. And so I, I was kind of going for it. I, I did a couple of sweet spot session repeats where I did like four by 30 minute sweet spot intervals, which was... Hard. Hard. <laughs> which was a lot. I yeah. actually... That was a day I, I rode out to Multnomah Falls and back uh-huh. um, by myself. And it, it happened to be clear and dry roads. And it was... It that's was, what you did on Valentine's Day, right? That's what I did on Valentine's that's Day. Left Brandy whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so I'm over here getting a ton of flack. <laughs> at nighttime. But at nighttime... Uh, okay, okay. It okay. was <laughs> me and Brandy, Brandy and all romantic and lovely. Uh, and sure rented was. a movie and uh, had a great dinner. Uh, and, yeah, it was... 
was, you know. Dr. Lance Hepler. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think I think our response to getting flack on our text stream was, I'm no, I'm no Lance Romance, I think was actually my response. <laughs> this is like my holiday. You this, know? Is, this is your wheelhouse right Lance Romance here. holiday. I didn't yeah. do very good this year, though. So, but. Yeah. <laughs> The rom com on the couch. Oh, that's right. We Always watched. Sure. Uh, what you watch? Comedy? We movie. watched that movie uh, last Christmas. Oh, boo, boo! It, it is a little romantic boo. comedy, and uh, uh, we had a great time. So it was, uh, it was nice. No. So, <laughs> and then I just, I just flogged myself the whole rest <laughs> yeah, of the week no, no. Uh, on the bike. He's a post Valentine's Day family show. <laughs> <laughs> <It's right. laughs> So yeah, had had another good week of training this week. Just trying to get ready for a training camp. Lots of intervals. I haven't done a lot of really high-end VO2 or sprint work, so I'm not sure I've got very good sprint legs, but my muscular endurance is definitely as high as it's been for that's me. Probably more what matters going into multiple century so, day weeks. That's the that's good. the kind of plan. And then we had a great gravel ride um, that Jake was on. I'll let him mm-hmm. talk about that. It was it was kind of great and kind of terrible, both at the same time. Hey, your guys' yeah, weather was awful. By design, I wanted to be sloppy, muddy, adventurous, go fun, have fun on the gravel bikes and have it be, I don't know, just go out there and, and make the most of it, knowing the conditions were going to be terrible. That was the only way I could psych myself up. I'm like, I'm not going to ride a road bike, but I'm going to ride outside because right now I'm just sick of the trainer. I need to go outside. I, just, I saw that you like did a trainer ride and like, okay, I'm not, I'm, I'm not riding this for the rest of the weekend. Yeah. It yeah. was on Valentine's day said I showed it some love and I'm not going to touch it for the rest of the weekend. So <laughs> Uh, um, <clears throat> my backpedal was a lot of Zwift training during the week, as we just mentioned. Uh, we did do one cool team ride. We um, we did like a nice little warm up, and then we did interval sets going up the Alpe de Zwift. And what is that? Twenty two turns? Is that what that thing is? I think so. Tw- Twenty three or something 20, like that. Yes, yeah, something, something like that. But the way that we worked it up, it was perfect to kind of go warm up, and then we got into our you know just sub three watts per kilogram like pace to get there. And as soon as we got to the actual climb. We did a sprint interval at every odd number turn. And so the way that oh, it nice. works is like as soon as you see a, a number, that's that's what where you're at. That's what turn number you are. And it's modeled after the Aptos, Aptowes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So every time you got from a, a, hit an odd number, you would have to do an interval set until you got to an even number. And it was generally about, I think, two and a half to three minutes. Yeah. On at like FTP. Yeah. And it ends up being, I think, 10 or 11 sets to the top. That's a lot. That's a lot. You know, that is a painful like interval set right there <laughs> but because you really the, can't hold steady. What like it, it spikes up and down depending on which turn you're on to. Yeah. I mean, there are some little punchy, yeah, like some things. 10 percenters. Yeah. yeah. And so you've got that and you're, it was kind of a race too. Cause like during those sprint intervals, it's kind of a race to see how much time you can put into the next guy or the other guys that were doing this with you. Right. And then once everybody got to that recovery spot, I mean, you kind of wanted to recover because you're getting a little bit gassed towards the top, <laughs> but you're still on a climb. So it's kind of hard just to sit down and spin and not have your watts a little bit higher. So like your recovery was still kind of high. So it was kind of a good, not race simulation, but good race training prep. Yeah. And so it ended up working out pretty well and handle got us all pretty good was, at the top. I was so. about to ask who I, I was going to put my money on handle for that one, but yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, we, 
God, who was it? Hanel and um, Tonk, I think, were the, the two yeah. that duked it out to the top. And Hatfield was right there. And um, I was able to come around him right as we got to the really? finish line. Oh. <laughs> and I, I think that if they were just holding steady state Watts, I, there's no way I was going to keep up with those three guys getting to the top. They yeah. weren't too far ahead of me. And as a matter of fact, I caught them at some point in time. It was maybe with like, I don't know, four or five turns left to go. And then, um, you know, the last two efforts to get to the top, they, they, put like 15 20 30 seconds and then handle was just full of handle gas that night yeah. and just blew it he up but went. it was funny because i was watching i could, probably I, had another nine turns i him. could see hatfield he was my little carrot out there and i was watching him i'm like oh you better just get out of the saddle and go now because if you do that's the only <laughs> way you can get me and he left that window open to where like i just got out of the saddle and just like you saw the watts per kilogram jump up to like 13 or 14 or something like that and it just <laughs> kind of came blown by him he's like no <laughs> i hate the, so, the, those last three turns on that i hate too because the the stretch after the last turn is longer than you think it is. Mm-hmm. So if you open up the gas on that last turn, you still have like another like yeah. 500 meters. Like, to when the is this thing going to end? Yeah. So. You're, you're always out of gas by yeah. that finish line. So that ended up being a good ride in a few others during the week. And then we got into the weekend and we did that gravel ride, which was fun. And again, the, the, the weather forecast was terrible. It's and terrible. Like, Evan and I even canceled our juniors ride. Yeah. We're, we're going to ride with the juniors, the juniors and the women. Out there that, it was yeah. just, it was raining too hard. I'm like, you know what? It's time to go hit the you know like the gravel trails yeah, so I just put something as, out there on Facebook as, and as the real cyclist went out to gravel I went out to the trainer so yeah, yeah. <laughs> put something out there on our Facebook group and um Lance like messaged me privately I'm like oh it's just gonna be me and Lance and then I had a couple other people that like texted me at the last minute like oh yeah we're gonna meet you over here and there ended up being five of us There's which was kind of cool so yeah. we're well, talking Hatfield with you guys too no, no, it was. Go ahead. It go. It was Tonk and uh, Sean, Martin. Sean Martin. Oh, Sean Martin. Garrett, was okay, gotcha. Garrett Taberski. And Garrett Taberski. Oh, yeah. Garrett was there. Nice. Yeah, he came. Very out. cool. Very cool. Yeah, he uh, he had a good time. I think um, he got a really good workout out of that. <laughs> Poor Garrett. Yeah. It was the four of us and Garrett and, and Garrett's and tough as nails, man. But he's yeah, tough. He's, he does not give up for. He's anything. not yeah. quite as fit as no. the rest of us right no. now. And he's like he 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 was like standing in the garage before the ride. He's like. Oh, great. I'm going to go with like the four fittest guys in Vancouver right now, which yeah. is not true, but it's what he said. And it, yeah. And he was like super nervous to go with them. And yeah, he had some trouble I hanging know. on. I love, I love Garrett though. I, I remember when we did the sweater ride, he came out with us too. And like, everybody's done with the sweater ride and he's like, let's go climbing. So like me him and Sean Martin went and climbed more and he's hanging on, man. That guy, he's that, got, he's got that guy knows how sure. to punish himself. Yeah. That is for sure. He can, yeah. he can ride hard. He's a perfect example of a guy that has a ton of potential. We just got to get him a little bit more focused on a structured training program yeah. and yeah. finding the time because he's a busy dude. Oh, just yeah. finding the he's time on his that, feet all day. Too. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, if he can if he can just find some consistency and probably at least six or seven, maybe eight hours, if he can get to that threshold, mm-hmm. he's a guy that's going to be tough to contend with. And I've seen oh, yeah. him out at cyclocross practice before. What kind of watts he can put into the bike? He's got a sprint in he's, him. He's yeah. a natural athlete. So yeah. if we can develop his his just his core base fitness, just to uh-huh. be able to, to hang, he's the kind of guy that could really do a lot of damage out there on the cyclocross scene. And he kind of races himself into shape out there. Yeah, and he gets good results. But it's man, a good if, bike handler if we too. Could, yeah, if we yeah. could just get him to build up that 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 engine, that base, right, right. he would be tough. Yeah, he would oh, be yeah. a really strong cat three, I think, to, exactly. to go out there and, and handle his business. And, and he's and he's a listener too. So Garrett, we're talking to you. Send us a message, man, and we'll help <laughs> you out because you you you've got the engine for it. Yeah, I'm telling you, it is it is always good to go ride with people that are 
better than you. And I'm not saying that we're all better than Garrett. No, there's always somebody, but unless your people, name is like people that are good at Egon Bernal, there's always somebody that's yeah. better than you. you yes. know what I mean? It doesn't matter what level you're riding at. There's always somebody that's better than you. And it's going to push you out of your Absolutely. comfort zone. And you're going to do a little bit more to try and hang on. And that's that adaptation that you get. And that's, and that's why I've even trying to been <clears throat> preach with, with the junior triathletes I'm working with is, you know, I mean, the question is always triathletes. That's like, how do I get better on the bike? The, the simple answer is, where are you weak on the bike? You're probably weak in that VO2 threshold yeah. range. You need to go ride with cyclists. Same same idea as if you were bad at swimming. How do I get better at swimming? You go and do those hard sets with right. swimmers. Like that. That's just you. You pick where you weak and scared of. Like what are you scared of? You right. go and do it with those people. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. The, the, my week in Arizona, uh, I, I did two big workouts by myself mm-hmm. that I felt like did a lot for me. But the best ride for me was when I rode with that group and I hung on for dear life yeah. for like oh, yeah. forty miles. Yep. And, I'm, and I got way more out of that ride yep. than the others. Yeah, yeah, it was mm-hmm. like the, the ride that we did, the, or that I did with Hatfield and um, Hanel and uh, with Gary the week before that Banks Vernonia Loop. I mean, yeah. it was 92 miles, and those guys are all rolling really hard. You haven't ridden with Gary yet. I think no. Gary's 60 years old riding like he's 35. We did the uh, um, ride around Clark County together. Yes. Okay, so you do remember him. Yes. He, and he didn't even have his normal fitness, form of no. fitness there. And and he stayed with me. 60 years yes. old riding with Hanel? Oh, he's by Jeez. far he's by far and away <laughs> oh like God. one of the strongest 60-year-olds in the Pacific Northwest. Like yeah. hands down. Like, like if, if you just went up and saw him, yeah. like uh, riding his bike and weren't like really paying close attention to him or like trying to find signs of age, and he still looks really young. He's just when killing he, it. Yeah. yeah. He, he rides like somebody that's half that his gives age. Me hope. Yeah. That's so. good. I still got another yes. 30 good years in me. Okay. Good. It's going to be fun. He's going to be at camp, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah he's this, a good guy, too. Gonna good. So, super nice that's guy. Awesome. You're going to enjoy him. So, but the rest of that gravel ride, yeah. The weather sucked <laughs> so bad yeah we were all freezing we were all like borderline hypothermic i had brought four pairs of gloves i had a pair on my hands and i had three backup pairs in my pockets because it was uh, raining i knew that's what what happened i went through all my gloves my hands were still frozen i still couldn't feel as i was shifting yeah. stuff it so. was raining pretty i was wearing a shirt while i was riding the bike saturday so <laughs> we were in different worlds it was rain, <laughs> raining pretty solid when i left well when i left my house it said it was 40 degrees and mm-hmm. then garmin said that the average temperature was 37 on that ride and it <laughs> rained the entire time it i think 37 time. might be a little I think too it's much but colder in the last couple of weeks has well, it or is or, or am i just really tired of it it's you know february fake out it's like not i think two weeks ago on this podcast i was like i feel like summer's right around the corner no. and now we're just like deeper into winter yeah. like we're as deep into winter the one that was telling us too soon it's too soon yeah i know so yeah we ended up because there were a bunch of there were four of us that were really trying to hurt each other we that's how we stayed warm is we got oh, yeah, on some intervals. gravel sections and just kind of how long is the dike is that like five miles it's like five miles so yeah. it's five miles out five miles back yeah, yeah. so we pretty much gotten pace line and um i tried to keep garrett with us but um he's still got i think his gearing too he needs to work on the, the gearing of his bike it's geared for cyclocross yeah. yeah yeah but we got into pace line mode and it was just like all right who's gonna sit on the front for the next minute and, and punish us even worse and so yeah. like it kept like oh that's how hard you're gonna go well, i'm gonna go a little bit harder so it was just yeah. kind of like rotating through four guys doing that same thing oh how, yeah. how can we kill each other i think every time i got in the front I was doing like 450 watts. Yep, sounds about right. <laughs> for a minute. Jeez, or for Lance. two minutes. Oh yeah. Or for three minutes. Yeah. It was like as long as you could go and then like back up. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So that was a fun Jeez. ride. Good little training effect. That was good. And then uh, did a little 50 plus miler with Lance yesterday. Yes. So did we a little, did. All that. Yeah. 
got out first because the sun came out, so it yeah. was much better. So yeah. yeah, and I broke a spoke on my wheel, and I'm still trying to fix it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was I was just you're you're gonna spray paint it now or something like that. What are well, you gonna I do? found I found a bladed spoke, but it didn't match the other spoke, so I spray painted it so oh that it's God. black. <laughs> the other spoke. But yeah, we'll get that we, set up for you. It. it was kind of funny. We were riding and I. Oh, got behind Lance at one point in time because he was pretty gassed from the week and I needed to hold certain watts so I was like I'm happy to sit up front and not going to wave him around and it was uh one point in time though he just you know being Lance decides he needs to come around and, and pull the line for a little bit and I'm looking at the back and I'm like oh my gosh this back wheel is out of true and like that doesn't look good and so I we, we stopped to turn around because it was full-on weather whiplash it was like at one time it was like really nice and sunny and like you could feel the UV rays on you and then next thing you know it's like Rain's almost coming down sideways. We're yes. getting pelted with like little rain pellets and the or uh, hail pellets, and it's, it drops like 10, 15 degrees. I'm like, this is dumb. <laughs> but we turned around and I checked his wheel, and, I'm, and it's making some noise. And he's like, yeah, I was just fi- finishing up, like you know, cleaning my bottom bracket and um, you know, lube or like putting some new carbon paste on the st- uh, the stem and the, yep. the bars and all that Doing stuff. All that. And I'm like, that that noise almost sounds like it's coming from like a loose spoke or something like that. And it was no more than what 10 or 15 minutes later, all of a sudden you hear this ping. Yeah, it's like, ta-ching, ta-ching, ta-ching. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's, that, there's that spoke. <laughs> so, yeah. good times. Cool. Let's jump into the lead out news. Lance, what you got for us? Champ Bailey here. I got some uh, lead out news for you. I liked a guy last week. I don't know. I'm not a fan of this guy. No, you were terrible. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I only have two things I wanted to talk about. Uh, the tour of Columbia. Uh, the podium was by all Latin Americans and the winner was uh, Higuita from Education First. So Education First sent a Sweet. big crew down there and mm-hmm. um, he Go Education First on that. Yeah, which is pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I wanted Fantastico. to mention Fantastico. Fantastico. Columbia, yes. come on now. You know, you know, Columbia is a huge cycling country. Yes. They've it is always just, been, they just never had the result. They've always been a big cycling country. And now so. it's like Go Columbia. Yeah. Go Columbia. It's awesome to see them doing well. So, and then, uh, speaking of Colombians, uh, Naro Quintana, isn't he from One Columbia? of them. Yeah. Yeah. Is he? He's from Colombia, right? I think so. Okay. Yes. I'm, I'm, yes, he is. I'm going to say anyway, yes. Anyway, he was that. doing the tour of province, and this they had a stage that finished on the near the top of Mont Ventoux, one of the historic Tour de France climbs, and he smoked the field. Yep. Absolutely smoked the field. Even Sepp Kuss was on his yes, wheel. Yes, he's Colombian. He's Columbia, thank you. Sepp Kuss was on Nairo's wheel with a few miles to go and and could not hang with him, and he just rode away and ended up winning the stage. So so some early season form for Nairo Quintana, which tends to new not team. bode well. New team. New teammates, new kit, new bike, We're yeah. new at, attitude. If you're, if what do you think? If you're looking at early season guys that are impressive right now, it's Porti and Quintana. Richie Port? Yeah. Okay, and Quintana? I mean, but here's the thing is they've, both of them have shown good early season fitness in the yeah, past. They, so. And then tail off. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So should be interesting. We'll see. I don't know. That's my problem. I just never know when to yeah. peak. You need to. <laughs> King of February. You and, huh? you King and, of February. You and, you and Quintana January need to January hero, need to talk, summertime yeah. zero. Right? There you go. <laughs> awesome. All right. Um, Champ Bailey out. <laughs> Last week was still better. Yeah. <laughs> you got nothing, no like running stuff that you need to inject Please in there? Please, no. You know, okay, one running <laughs> no, thing to inject. Why did one, you one, you opened the door. Okay, um, at the, the Husky Classic this last week in the indoor <laughs> track race, uh, Lopez Lamong goes out and runs a good race and wins in the 3K. 
Paul, okay, let's move Paul on to the memo. next thing here. Uh, <laughs> the topic of the day. <laughs> uh, Paul Chalema won nationals at indoor 3K, and they start trash talking each other. It's yeah. really exciting. People should look at that. There you go. Lopez Lamont versus Paul Chalema. They, they blew the horn on you. I think you're done. All right, our topic for today. Should I bleep this out in post? <laughs> Odd <laughs> cyclists and triathletes say. I wonder if and he's why. actually going to bleep that out or if he's going to forget. <laughs> it's not something you hear me say too often, but no. uh, yeah, they will definitely hear a bleep there. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, just some odd things that, that that cyclists and triathletes do and say and why. And and this might be for the the newbie. It, it, it always amazes me. And I think that looking at Lance's list over here, I might even <laughs> learn a couple of things because that is a monstrous list. There's but so many It all things. just kind of rolled yeah. to me. Yeah. But I'm also kind of curious because I hear like, like Evan and, and Matt will use terminology for like triathlon world. I'm like, what, what is that? What does that mean? Or why are you guys talking about that? Why is it that you guys do that and yeah. kind of stuff? So, you know, yeah. it might be something that we can learn from you and you can learn from us and vice versa. Yeah. And then maybe well, for some of our people out there that don't um, really get too immersed in, in one aspect of what we're talking about or not can learn anything yeah. too. So, and this is where for, for me, actually a lot of my verbiage came from the cycling community. Cause you know, I grew up, my dad was a cyclist and I worked at a bike shop. So, right. For me, most of the weird things I heard were mostly from cyclists because that was my my group hanging out when I was young and got into triathlon is I was mostly a road cyclist at that time. So I think the funnier things definitely come out of cyclist's mouth. Triathletes can be nerdy and funny too but like cyclists are some of the funny like one-liners it's a fickle group right there but oh but we also <laughs> do <a> some weird <laughs> things too it's just like why why do we do that but i don't know mm-hmm. is what it is all right so since lance has got this list that's like He's gonna go in circles here 25 things deep i'm gonna let him exhaust a few of those and go first this is the, these are things that i've heard just from jake <laughs> oh good oh, so geez. let's go jake list and then other people list uh this is a zone two ride <clears throat> yeah yeah, he lied about that. What yesterday. is what does that actually mean? When, <laughs> when somebody means... asks the question, "Is this an aerobic ride?" What does that actually mean? It means we're gonna kill each other yeah. as soon as we that get means, to That means as soon as we go uphill, that was a predominantly <laughs> zone two ride with a little short bouts of some tempo. Not work. Until my yeah. spoke broke. <laughs> yeah. uh, here's another one. This is a no drop ride. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's that's the best one. <laughs> uh, what is your bike weigh? Yes. What do you weigh? <laughs> what do you weigh? Uh, I forgot to eat today. Yep. Right? Ooh, we should. Okay, separate list. We have to come up with cyclist excuses <laughs> starting a ride. So oh, you know the excuse-based riding stuff? Yes. Uh, so you know when you start a group ride and everybody's kind of chatting? Have you ever in your life heard anybody at the start of a group ride be like, I feel awesome today. Can't wait to hammer. <laughs> no. Right. No, because that sets the standard that you're the guy who should be fit today. Yeah. Nobody ever says that. You always come in with like, been sick lately. Yeah. yeah. Legs don't feel good. <laughs> Did an interval <laughs> ride yesterday. I'm two hours into my ride already. Yeah. VO, <laughs> VO2 efforts on Tuesday. Been, Legs are kind of toast. Yeah. I didn't eat this morning. I've been doing sweet spot intervals for the last month and a half. I'm fasting these today. Are, these are things that I've actually <laughs> said. Yeah. So, yeah, these, Jake doesn't say these things anymore, but there's <laughs> another one. I think my break is rubbing. Yes, or or the better one is is my break rubbing. Is my break rubbing? <laughs> that was one of to, to add to yours. One of mine is is my back tire flat. <laughs> I think my back tire. Yes, that, flat. that's the best one. Can you check? Can for I me? borrow a tube from you? <laughs> Can I borrow your flat kit? Do you do you have an Allen wrench? Can I borrow you? Do you have a goo for me? <laughs> or or my favorite on on the gravel ride we just went. Does anybody have a patch kit? Does I don't even have one. Of these. <laughs> hey, you got some chamois cream I can borrow? <laughs> <laughs> Can I borrow your chamois cream? I forgot to pump up my tires. Mm-hmm. What PSI are you riding? 
Right. Every gravel ride ever starts with what PSI are you riding? Yeah. I asked Lance on Saturday. Yeah. I'm just curious. Just Just curious. Just (laughs) trying to build a database in my head. I think Garrett's tires were at like 60 and I was riding 30. Really? So yeah. you were sub thirty, if I'm I not mistaken. You're like twenty eight. That was twenty seven and thirty. Well, I've 40. been riding forty five or fifty. Yeah, but I the don't... range on those, like the minimum, is supposed to be thirty, and I think that's what you told what me. What are so. you doing? <laughs> Clearly, it's working. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Give you that. And I haven't flatted on those. What you're riding? Thirty threes. They're forties. Forties on my gravel bike. Forties. Forties at th- a twenty eight psi. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You could ride them at. 15. Yeah, really? that's kind of like mountain bike tires. So you're kind okay. of in that range. So yeah. you're actually in the low 20s. Because I'm like, on 33s at like 45, 50. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. What are some things that cyclists and triathletes do that make you kind of scratch your head or that the, the people on the outside looking in don't quite understand? I mean, here, here's one for me. We will find anywhere to pee. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Like what, the, another question is like from these people is like, well, why don't you just go to like a restaurant or a, a coffee shop or something like that? No, no, you no. don't want to. You, you've got seconds to spare to get this done. You got to make it quick, yeah. but you've also got to be discreet. So there are thousands and thousands of thousands of cyclists out there peeing everywhere, and you just don't see us. We're hiding in the, the shadows and the bushes, uh-huh. or not hiding at all. Even sometimes, sometimes just like that right natural on the side of the road, right yeah. on the side of the road. It's like your French buddy back in your day when you used to do your oh, racing. Yeah, I was about to tell that story again. Yeah, yeah. Florian just <laughs> at an intersection in Ada. He's like, "Hey uh, guys, one second." Slides off his bike right there, just like leans the bike up against him <laughs> in the intersection. Right there, just, just at the intersection. I mean, Grand, we're in Eight, Ohio. It's not like a yeah. big intersection, but I'm t- one stoplight town. He chose the stoplight, yeah. so <laughs> to relieve himself. <laughs> Most of us are creatures of habit when we're at home and we're in our training plans because we've got life going on. We're not all Lance Hepler. We get to gallivant around the world, so we we kind of have like <laughs> a set America. route Most in mind. We've got an America. agenda. We know exactly what we're going to do, and we know that route like the back of our hand. Like I can probably list to you five different rides that I will do the majority of the time when I'm riding outdoors. And I can tell you every single secret spot that's the best spot to go pee out there <laughs> and not get popped for urinating in public. In public. Yeah. Yep. When uh, at the Oregon Trail Gravel Grinder last year, it was a five-day gravel stage race, right? Mm-hmm. And every day we'd have a neutral section where we'd ride for five or eight or nine miles before we hit the timing mats. And as we rolled up <clears> to the timing mats, they would stop us. Everybody, we would all like stage, so we'd we'd all kind of warm up. We'd get to the spot where the timing mats are, and they and they'd stop us before they blow the whistle and go. <laughs> as soon as we stopped, everybody goes in peace. It goes in peace. Yep. The men, the women, every, and they're like they're not going off in the bushes. No, they're just going right there. like popping a squat right there on the not not right next to you, but like three feet away. I mean, I'm. I'm like, oh my gosh. Are you a little these- uncomfortable? Yes. I'm like, okay, <laughs> just, just look ahead. There's like five women that have just pulled all their bib yep. shorts down. Okay, this is ridiculous. But it was gravel race. That's hey. that's what you do. Love I love that. Com- that's, you know, <laughs> there's, there's, there, there, there's oh, some camaraderie there if you're able to do that, which I think is awesome. <laughs> it, you know, by day four, it was no like, shame. oh, whatever. Yeah, forget yeah, it. Exactly. I'm just going right here. I got to pee right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the, the the other do and say, there's a lot of funny says with this too. But no, I mean, no group of men in America, I will at least say, discuss shaving body parts as much as as cyclists. Maybe people doing like body like magazine shoots. I don't know. They'd be the only other group that can be even close. The bodybuilder like, folks. Like I have had specific questions like, 
like, and, and this is a genuine question from beginner triathletes. It's like, uh, how like high should I shave up? Like that's a very genuine question usually because cyclists. That's actually a good question though it because is. if you think about it, if that's you go too high question. and it gets a little too high and and you've got a little stubble coming out, the way that things can rub on each other. Yeah. I don't want to get too graphic here, especially, but you can get some really bad rashes. Yeah. yeah, triathlon chamois not nearly as thick as the cyclist chamois, yep. and you got to run after. So, but here's the thing: is you also want to leave some room if you want to race in a speedo one day. So you're talking. There's a fine line there. Now, cyclists generally, you're talking like mid thigh, generally, right? Just to yeah. where your shorts cover it, more yeah. or less. Triathletes yeah. will generally go higher. I'll, I'll go a little generally. bit higher too. And yeah. the reason being is because when that grows out just a tiny bit, the, those hairs act as like natural little grippers for your your pant shorts, so they yep. don't ride up on you at all. Yeah, I don't. It, that sounds dumb, but <laughs> no, it's that's actually thing. very true. It yeah. keeps them in place. Which if yep. they stay in place, you're gonna have a. a, a Lesser likelihood of shaving. Exactly. It's so. like little hooks on your yeah. legs. Mm-hmm. Do you shave your arms? That's that. Do you shave your legs? I, I, I have that question on yours. Do you shave your Why arms? Why do you have that terrible mustache on your face? <laughs> Why do you not shave the mustache, Why but you, you shave, shave your arms? The mustache, but you shave your arms? <laughs> so as a swimmer, Evan, this yep. is going to sound really dumb. I'm yep. just curious. Do you shave your armpits? Um, I did when I used to race in a sleeveless. Now that okay. I race in a sleeved, no. No. Okay. Um, that was incredibly uncomfortable, though, when I used to sh- uh, race in a sleeveless. Yeah. I hated it. Never so have done shaved that armpits. It was awful. I, hate I don't think it. I've ever shaved. I, I've shaved my arms maybe once in high school. <laughs> Why in high school? Were you so insecure about your arm hair? I, I actually was on the swim team in high school. Believe ah, it or not. gotcha. And okay. We went to state in our 400 relay, and everybody on the relay team like, I guess I gotta shaved do this. <laughs> their arms. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm shaving my arms. I still remember when um, I went to nationals uh, for triathlon uh, co- uh, collegiately. Uh, when I was in grad school and I went with the the team and it was a bunch of undergrad kids I didn't really know but they were all asking me a bunch of questions because they were all really nervous about shaving that night <laughs> one of the kids goes and tears he cut himself 14 times shaving oh. I swear to god this kid almost had to drop out of the race the next day he was like bleeding everywhere it was it was hilarious that it was, sounds like you not too long ago uh, I know <laughs> you would think after a decade of racing I would have figured that out in Boulder but yeah so this this kid just tore himself to shreds and it's funny because I look back and the questions he was asking was basically each one on this list right now it's like against the grain with the grain that was the other what one what do we do against, against the grain or with the grain <laughs> What else you got there, Lance? Um, Keep- I need I need to lose five more pounds to get down to my race weight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think this year I'm going to go vegan. Uh-huh. No, I think this year I'm going to go vegetarian. I think I'm going to go gluten free <laughs> this year. This year I'm going to go gluten free. <laughs> Have you heard I- of this fat adaptation stuff? <laughs> <laughs> do you do intermittent fasting? <laughs> Are you doing this ride fasted? Uh-huh. Can you think of a group of people, <laughs> triathletes and talk about diet more more than, than any yeah. other? I mean, bodybuilding. Maybe, but they're all more about like gaining it. We're about losing it. But I, it's 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 interesting to me because you would think with with weight issues in. I mean, we can only speak from a male perspective. Weight issues in like endurance athlete men. I see it in the general population in men too. But yeah. it's almost in the population how openly we talk about it. I actually think is somewhat healthy sometimes. Yeah, just to be able to well, talk about it. Just you, to say like yeah. Think hey. about it. If you look at like everybody cumulatively, the the rate at which people are talking about that, and then the incidence of actual people with like a, a problem, like a disorder, an mm-hmm. eating disorder, it's yeah. pretty low. Yeah, yeah. Which is a good thing. So yeah, maybe we just all like to eat too much. <laughs> I do like to eat. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've yet to meet an endurance athlete that's like, no, yeah, food, take it or leave it. Like most, you know, the the joke in endurance athletes, I just bike more so I can eat yeah. more. So. I can tell you what though, I would care far less 
about diet and nutrition if I wasn't a cyclist. Yes. Then, oh, yeah. I mean, there's a paradigm to that. And mm-hmm. the way that I treat my body so that I can be more race ready, there's such a health benefit to that if you're doing it the right way. Mm-hmm. And I think that for the most part, most cyclists, once they really get tuned into this stuff, they're doing a pretty good job of like understanding what their yep. body needs from a micro and macronutrient standpoint and mm-hmm. just a, you know, the composition of what they're eating, their caloric intake and their rest cycles. I mean, there's something to be said there with like, we we're just talking about Gary, uh, our teammate, Gary Cornelius. I mean, he's 60 years old yeah. and he looks like he's at least 10 or 15 years younger than yeah. he is. And he rides like he's half his age. Yes. Now you remove cycling from his life. And you let him just kind of go on like the standard American. He's probably 20, weight, 20 pounds overweight. Right. He's probably got the onset of early diseases and whatnot that are going to, you know, pretty much start to spiral, you know, for that next decade hitting his 70s. And next thing you know, he's sitting on, you know, the hospital bed. Right. Whereas right now he's he's hard to keep up with. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So maybe we're not the crazy ones. Oh, trust me. I get, I get my, my, my non-endurance patients love to always comment on that. They're like, man, you guys are just absolutely crazy. And it's fine because I'm like, no, nah, I really think that if you're an endurance athlete and you take care of yourself decently well as an endurance athlete, you're actually the yeah. more reasonable human being, definitely. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're at least thinking through some form of diet. Now, I am not going to sit up here and be like, yeah, my diet's bulletproof. But yeah. I do think performance-based. You know, yeah. If I'm losing weight at a really rapid rate, I think I need to be taking in you know, more food. Now let's look at what good wholesome food I need to be taking in. Am I always doing that? No, but it's, you know, you're, you're, you're always having that thought process. You know, we were just having this conversation too. I mean, I'm before the podcast, Evan and I were talking and we were talking about some stuff with respect to diet. And I was talking to him about a few things that I've been working on this year. And, you know, I've had to not had to, but I've gone out and sold the, uh, (laughs) consulted with a nutritionist and she's, um, like a holistic kind of person. She's a medical doctor and naturopath and all that other fun stuff. And we're just trying to get to the bottom of stuff that's going on with me so that my shoulder will hurt less. And so that I can get my body's cortisols in check. And so that I can get everything kind of functioning the way that it's supposed to be, because it's been almost two years of me going through a bunch of crap um that stem from again getting hit by a car and i'm getting really sick of saying that and sorry if you guys are all getting sick of hearing it but um it's been a long (laughs) arduous process and i can't tell you how much i want to just be normal again so i've gone out and i've been working with her and i wouldn't be doing any of this stuff like i probably would just deal with like the pain and and whatnot if i if i wasn't a cyclist and that wasn't like part Mm -hmm. of my dna i wouldn't be pushing so hard to make my body feel better and I feel like I'm sometimes hitting my head against the wall because I'm doing all these things, but I wouldn't be doing that stuff if, if I didn't have this this desire to get back out there and be the way that I was. So, yep. um, right. and and I'm constantly trying to to read different literature. I'm trying to take in new information. I'm I'm watching the things that I'm eating. I'm trying to just constantly be tweaking. And really, what it boils down to is everybody's approach is a little bit different. That's what I like about this stuff too, because our, our body's chemistries are different. So we need to fuel ourselves differently. The way that Lance fuels himself. Um, I, 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 you know, he's been, have you, have you come out and said it on the podcast? Yeah, I have, I've said it. Okay. So Lance has been eating vegan. He doesn't call himself a vegan. I call myself plant-based. (laughs) Plant-based. Um, but I've been eating vegan for almost six months and it's been working fantastic for him. I mean, it's it's interesting enough. My, my wife did it with me. We've been doing it together, which has been a great thing for both of us. Yep. I have felt fantastic and I've been able to race and train through it. I'm getting enough protein. I'm getting enough iron. I'm getting enough B12. I'm, I'm staying on top of those things. My wife has not had the same experience. That's how individual bodies can be. For me, it's been really good and it's been a little bit harder for my wife who also Mm -hmm. is an athlete and Mm -hmm. trying to be fit. So So I guess my point is that I don't like putting 
everything into a container with a label on it and saying, this is what I am. Like for me, it's just like, all right, it's going to be a, like a cross section of a lot of different things. And there's going to be certain things that I need to omit from my diet based on my body's physiology. Mm-hmm. And then there's certain things that, that I'm going to bring in and th- I'm going to use. But, you know, for me, like I'm not vegan, but like a lot of my diet is kind of going that direction. And I've done the vegetarian thing. Mm-hmm. I was a vegetarian for gosh, two and a, two or three years. I can't remember how long it was, but, and that worked really well for me. And there was different reasons why I got off that. And I'm kind of been back on that train for the last like three or four months, but there's still some things that I need to tweak there. And that's why I'm working with that naturopath. And it's starting to make me feel better. And I'm yeah. starting to lose the weight and my shoulder still hurts, but the, the pain isn't as chronic and as, as intense as it always, always is. And I feel like the inflammation response that my body's going through is getting better. So Again, I wouldn't probably be paying that much attention to all this mm-hmm. if I weren't in that that genre of being yeah. an endurance athlete and a cyclist that wants to work on performance. Well, so it's kind of a neat thing for just. You know. And this is what I think drives a lot of. You think about endurance sports. You can be competitive in endurance sports, have that competitive nature into your sixties, seventies, and eighties. There aren't other sports like that. No, I mean pickleball. I don't know, like tennis, things like that. I mean, not, shuffleboard, not yeah. bowling, not not trying to be like like sarcastic. Like you, you, you can stay competitive with those sports. They're still that competitive. They're low impact, like yeah. minimal yeah. athleticism required sports. But yeah. like, who's playing competitive baseball in their forties and fifties? Yeah, like no, but I mean, you know, you go well, your forties and yeah, yeah. I mean, like There's it's some just, in their forties that can those do other that. sports that that start to taper down after a while you can stay very competitive in cycling and triathlon for a long time against people your own age there's not too many sports sports. where like a 50 and even 60 year old can go out there and mix it up with a 20 and 30 year old and hold their own not an explosive sport exactly like you're not going to go play soccer with them on the same level you're not going to go play baseball or basketball Basketball especially yeah slow pitch softball maybe definitely not football (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so i think a lot of the things that we do, so like when, when we say like, st- you know, stuff that cyclists and triathletes do, it's interesting because you're talking about age groups then that are basing a lot of the things that they do on a daily basis and on a weekly basis on a competitive level. So yeah. it's how as a 52 year old, can I train so that I can continue to get stronger? Yeah. Your general population doesn't always think like that. Yeah. So it's interesting. And I've even seen it in people who are couched to 5k and they say at first, I just want to do a 5k. And I treat him for two years. And by the end of that two years are like, you know, I think I want to like PR my 10K. Oh, I, I want to do a half marathon now. It grows. Yeah, so right. I never tell people that early on, but I can always tell that person that taps back into that competitive nature that they had back in high school. Yep. They were a baseball player. They were a basketball player. They had kids. Life got busy. 20 years later, they're like, God, I need to take care of myself again. Yeah. And they get into these endurance sports, whether that's cycling, running, swimming, anything. And they realize that, oh, hey, like my health can be based around this competitiveness because yeah. I think sometimes competitiveness gets this, this almost like bad name. They're like, no, I just want to go out and just like do a 5k. Yeah. I don't want to be competitive about it. But I think people are lying to themselves a little bit there. Cause I think there's always that little voice in there. Well, that's like, well, I ran 24 minutes for my last 5k. I want to go 23 30 now. That's competitive. Yeah. You're, you're being competitive against yourself there. Yeah. Yeah. But some, and, some people are born with the competitive streak, like yeah. those sitting at this table and some yeah. aren't. That's a, that's a really gradiated, <laughs> yeah. I'll say it's a gradiated thing. Cause some people, I mean, would be lightly competitive against themselves. And some people like everybody at this table are neurotic about it and probably not the spectrum we should be talking yeah. about. Yeah. But a yeah. lot of those people yeah. when they're first coming back into it too, like they are competitive, but they don't want to come out and say it because they don't want to hold themselves up. They, they know what they used to be able to do, but they don't want to be compared to that. They don't want to be compared to other people. They just want to go right. out and fun and, and find a healthy They just choice. want to enjoy it at first. That, that's yeah. fun. But like once they layer up a little bit, 
all of a sudden those competitive juices rear them, their their heads again. And mm-hmm. a perfect example of this is my wife. I mean, when she first started oh, getting yeah. back I'm into running, wife. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking of Rebecca with I mean, this. She one. was just <laughs> like, I, I'm I'm not competitive. I'm not like you. You're the competitive one. You're always competitive. I'm like, okay. I'm just like you know, like in the back of my head, I'm like, I know that you're competitive because you're competitive in other facets of your life. There mm-hmm. are people out there that just couldn't care any less about being competitive at all and that's fine they're probably not going to find themselves in the sport anyway but my wife like once she started to build up some fitness and she's like like you get her going like on something like Strava and she's like oh I got a PR on that or oh look at my my pace that was I've never run that pace before I I guess what I did this five miles in yet and like Mm -hmm. that that starts to come up and then they'll go out and do an event like I just want to finish the event they go back and do the event next year and they're like I want to beat my time and then they're the next year they go back and they're like oh I want to beat all these people and I want to place it comes around with you as you start to layer up. And it does. she always would tell me, she's like, you were the one that was the athlete your whole life. And you were always this like, she's like the most competitive I ever got was I was a gymnast and, and that's a whole different like paradigm. And now that she's learning that with a little bit of time, energy and effort, and you really start to buy into what you're doing and you're having fun, you can be an athlete too. And her body composition has changed. Her athleticism mm-hmm. is changing and she's doing new things. And she's like, I never thought, Last year, my wife would get on a bike and ride 56 miles in yep. the bike leg of a half Ironman. Right. Yep. Like that, that still to this day kind of blows my mind. And she, the longest ride she, that she'd ever done up to that was like 32 miles. So she's, she's got two thirds of a half Ironman down right now. <laughs> and she'll, she'll, she'll get the swimming down. I know the swimming is by far the most frustrating for her, but she's, if I, if I started Rebecca next weekend and said, ride your bike 56 miles and run a half marathon, she would be able to do it. Yeah. 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 She's got to so, figure out just the two K you know, swim and boom, she's got it. In my household too, it's funny now. We've got people competing for time on the bikes, which makes me so happy. <laughs> so I've got like my son and my wife and uh, our international student and myself and everybody's in here fighting for trainer time now. It's a pretty cool setup. So he's got three trainers, three uh-huh. bikes on trainers here. Uh-huh. Yeah, so yeah. good times. All right, what else is something that people are saying? We kind of had a little tension there, but hey, good good combo. Couple of um, couple of numbers based things. We got a lot of type A numbers based people in here. How do, how many times have you heard these like four things during a ride in any capacity? Uh, what's your watts per kilo for last ride? What's your uh, FTP? FTP recently. <laughs> hey, uh, you ever got lactate threshold testing? You ever got <laughs> VO2 max testing? What was your resting heart rate last night? <laughs> Who? What? In what normal capacity do people ask like like physiology questions on each other? Like, what's your resting blood glucose? Yep. <laughs> Me and Matt literally had to talk about resting blood glucose on a run. Matt. <laughs> That's hilarious. Like, we're talking personal HIPAA related information That's here. Right. I have to remind myself that I'm a medical practitioner sometimes, or I'm just like sharing my numbers left and right and talking. <laughs> Uh, Lance is the, uh, the exception here, but do you guys know of a discipline of people who drinks more coffee <laughs> than cyclists and triathletes? Yes. Like night shift nurses, and that's yeah. about it? Maybe, I yeah. Have to have a coffee drink off with them. Yeah. Hey, cyclists are obsessed with coffee and beer. I so wish we could <laughs> yeah. get you to try a lot of coffee, Lance. I think that you, know you would love so- it so much. And like, you're going to drink that first cup of coffee, and you're like... Oh my God, this is rocket fuel. I'm going so fast. Do you, I think my FTP just jumped up 20 watts. Well, yeah, but he's getting his caffeine elsewhere. I so caffeine. I, think, I, I think I think he's he's already experiencing There's something that. more special about coffee. There though. is something. Yeah. There's something about the Take warm I wouldn't coffee. Know. Yeah. Take a I've, shot of espresso. I've never had a cup That's, of coffee. I will say me and me and Tonk once before a ride went and had like two espressos each. Oh, it's cold. And, and we both talked the entire time. We're like, oh my God, like. I feel like a superhero right now. This is great. So my to Multnomah Falls and back from my house is 85 miles. And there's nothing better than getting out to Multnomah Falls on a cool day and having a shot of espresso and put a little half packet of honey in there. Mm. 
oh my gosh, the, the, the climb back up to the Vista house just is like magical. You you're feel like, s- I feel so yeah, good. Like, this, this is why the French and Italians win yeah. the Tour de France all the time is because they're just taking espresso shots halfway through their rides. I'll, I'll leave you alone with the alcohol because I totally get that. And I know that there's a component to the coffee, but if you're willing to drink a monster energy drink <laughs> before I leave this planet, I'm going to get Lance Hepler to drink a coffee with me. Drink the brown water, Lance. That's good. Drink, the, but, yeah, we'll call it brown water. It's not coffee. It's brown water. It's brown water. When I was when I was living in Dayton, Ohio, I drank beer quite a bit more. Yeah. Since I have been out in the Pacific Northwest, outside of the very first like six months I was here, yeah. you would think with the amount of breweries we have here, I would have started drinking. More. I have like one beer maybe every six that has seven to do with months your, your circle of friends and the people that you're hanging. This out is with. true because yeah, we drink a lot. So like on Fridays, we'll drink wine. So yeah. I drink wine now, and I'm definitely no wine connoisseur. Like, I'm looking for, like, what's a 7 or $8 bottle? Like, that's generally <laughs> what I'm searching for. But, like, I mean, yeah. Like Costco, I, by the way. There's a really good $7 bottle. That's, seven that's dollar what keeps on telling me about Costco. So <laughs> the Maybach. <laughs> yeah, so, so so we usually go to Freddy's and find those, but we, we need yeah. to go to Costco for our next ones. Yeah. Sorry. Little. No, no, that's good. <laughs> that, would, that would be another question is, like, what beer are you drinking after this ride? Like, everybody's always talking about what are you going to eat slash drink after the ride? Which is like just as much of a conversation as whatever the heck is going on during the actual rides. Right. <laughs> oh, another one is um, <laughs> if I were to go and look at your guys' social media feeds, how flooded with cycling related crap is it? Mine's all, all mine's eighty percent cycling related. So crap. that tells yeah. me that a lot of your spare Minus time is like, things. what are you doing looking at all this bike stuff? You already have all the stuff that you need. Why are you always looking for more stuff? <laughs> because you can be better faster so the, the quote the, the quote <laughs> is from mr eddie Merckx: don't buy upgrades ride upgrades right so uh-huh. if i said that to the the general layperson on the outside we we you heard that i don't know would they would they find that funny or would they get that don't buy upgrades, ride upgrades. does does the layperson even know what a gradient is actually even like referencing like i mean we talk about gradients all the time but yeah, who sure. in there you see road grades yeah but like stuff. who in their daily days just driving their car and like oh, is this about a 10 percent gradient yeah. i don't know yeah. like who cares remind <laughs> me I, I think i looked at this once maybe like 25 years ago um how do they determine the grade percent it's not obviously based on like a an angle like a zero to 90 degree angle but how do they determine the grade what is the the the, the equation that they use oh for i'm that? stupid i thought it was just by i don't degree. know i thought it was just by degree too no because if you think about like a 20 percent grade if you were to put that on a, a compass and you were to look at the grade in, in respect to the ground, it's it's greater than 20 degrees because 20 degrees isn't that much. I, I have no idea. We shall have to look that up. <laughs> Somebody want to, yeah. Anybody <laughs> listening want to give look us that a up physics back lesson? Here in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but buying upgrades, that's another thing. Is mm-hmm. My wife probably beats her head against the wall. She's like, what did you buy and why? You spent like it's, it's it always makes me laugh when um, you need a separate account, a slush account that she doesn't know about. <laughs> telling you, you have to have a bike slush account. That you're not, uh, when it, it's funny though, like people that like see like like it blows me away when I, I'll be talking to people and like yeah, my my husband he wanted to get a bike and it was going to cost five hundred dollars. I just can't believe somebody spending five hundred bucks on a bike. And I'm thinking to myself, quietly, oh my I'm god, like, I know five hundred. I'm like, <laughs> my the, pedals cost. I know that was the exact like, words that came like my, out. Of my components on the bicycle are much more expensive than five hundred dollars. Yeah, the pedals on my bike cost almost double that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like what? <laughs> You have a power meter on your, your your bike does electronic shifting. Well, explaining a power meter to somebody too is hilarious because they're like, yeah. "Why would you need? Like, why would you want something to tell you how much power you're putting through the bike that costs more than most bikes do?" Yeah, 
Yeah. And it's just funny too, with people talking about motorcycles. I was talking with somebody recently and there was like, yeah, I can buy like a brand new motorcycle for $7,000. I'm quietly thinking to myself, I'm like my bicycle's worth more than your motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's just kind of nuts. Hey, the, the, well, the, the dollar amounts, the things that we will spend to put on our bicycles to make them lighter yeah. or more, I don't know. Once you've, once you've like tucked into arrow and gone 28 miles an hour before you'll never ask again, like, why would you spend this much money on that? It's like that four second experience is worth whatever amount of money to me. It's fun to go fast. It's so much fun. It is fun to go fast. And it doesn't even matter. Like, it doesn't even matter what level you're going fast at. Cause you know, I mean, you look at world-class trikes, track cyclists can on a mountain bike go 30 miles an hour if they wanted to. But like, you know, if you're, if you're, this is why I like the e-bikes I've kind of come around on e-bikes. It's like if you're that 75 year old that's like just Absolutely just wants to go fast again. Yep. Just put out a hundred watts and add a 200 to that and 300 yep. watts and you're going 25 miles an hour and just wind through your hair like that's yeah. Absolutely. That's why people like bikes. What about all the times that people will post on their Strava feeds or say it out loud that I forgot to start my Garmin or Garmin fail or <laughs> oh, Wahoo, yeah. Wahoo yeah. fail. GPS lost me. Computer failed. Yeah. Swear to God, I had eight more miles on this. <laughs> so to the lay person, like, like, why do you even care? There's why is that about, so important? Yeah. Well, everybody it wasn't likes on Strava, that. It didn't, didn't happen. happen. Yeah, That's and, the- and, and you like that neat Strava where it's, you know, when you're looking over the last 10 weeks, it's that nice little, you know, nice, nice kind of uptick and it's hitting those miles. And if you're eight miles off, it ruins the entire picture. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like Lance just trains at a certain amount to make the bars look good that I'm looking at in his Strava now. He just likes, he likes those bars to be above a certain number. And if they're below him, he freaks out. That's right. I went on a hike with my wife last, I think it was a week or two ago. I can't remember what it was. But anyway, long story short, like we were walking, we're already going, we got the dog with us and, um, She's like, oh, did you start your Garmin? Oh my God. (laughs) Crap. Forgot to start it. We'd already gone like a quarter of a mile. So what, what do I do to make up for that? Walk back. Yeah, walk back and start. <laughs> Run back to the car. No, just kept walking, get back to the car, and I didn't turn it off for a quarter of a mile. But I made sure that mile. we didn't get over a certain miles per hour because I didn't want to take anybody's CRs or anything like that. Oh and I want to make sure that I got that extra. Well, it wasn't a quarter of a mile. It was maybe like a tenth if of a mile. If you guys were at Heritage and you take any of my KOMs on that trail, I'm going to kill you. That's <laughs> do you have all the CRs there? No, no. There's. Um, I think Matt was telling me that one of the new Camus coaches holds the out and back, the the, the full seven for the miles run, though, for, right? for the run. Okay, yeah, I was say if it's on a bike. Well, the guy went you, out there and held like five twenty pace on that oh, like wow. trail. I'm like, oh god, I'd have to like go take it actually, from him. Yeah, I'd have to like do a race day. Like, I basically have to go out and race it. Then so go do it. I need to go do it. You're right. Jake and I are, are battling for the for the bike uh, KOM for the bike KOM. Well, yeah. I still have to get Lake Road. I need to, as soon as we get that, that no, nice no, weekend, let me, day, the let road me, bikes out there and I'm taking, let me Lake road. clarify and Lance thing. We're not yeah. battling. He's trying to beat my KOM. Okay, that's that's true. True. I'm trying to this catch is, his. Well, it's well, been there for five years. Here's, thank you very much. Here's, here's another thing. Cyclists I'm always like say two and talk seconds about off of it. Oh, yeah. On your gravel bike. On my gravel bike. I was on my mountain bike. Thank you very much. This is, I mean, half the time when I go on rides with everybody now, we're just talking about area KOMs and trying to figure out who holds them. That's always it. Like, I mean, there, and there's always going to be like, so like Jake holds quite a few of the important ones in this area. The most important one to me, for whatever reason, I've locked down over the last two years on Lake Road going up it. Not the full segment. Not the one all the way to the stoplight. I just want that that three-minute effort or whatever it is up that hill. hill. I'll go take both of them for Four and a half percent. I know, but I need to go all out on that. And then maybe if I can hold on all the way to the stoplight, I'll try and hold on all the way. I can't remember if I got those in the same ride or if they were two separate rides. They're That's probably a good two question. separate I need rides. to look at that. I, I need know. to look if you got it. Yeah. Oh, God. I, That's I just, too funny. 
I know. <laughs> now that I've got the road bike, I need to go. I'm not gonna be able to do it on the gravel bike. I no. have to. I have to do it on the road bike. Yeah. yeah. What else you got, Lance? Okay, here's the next seven. Where does the Strava segment start? Yep, that's a yes, good one. Where, go, yeah. where does the Strava segment end? <laughs> I think my power meter is off. Yep. I think my heart rate monitor is broken. <laughs> I, that yeah. I just threw up in my mouth. <laughs> I can see through your bib shorts. Oh, that one's the worst. <laughs> or just get on my wheel. Just stay right there on my wheel. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, those are, that, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got, Evan? Uh, I've got... Will the new Nike shoes make me faster? Yeah, right. <laughs> the vapor flies. I only weigh myself in the morning. I only weigh myself after workouts. I don't weigh myself. <laughs> I think my brake is rubbing. Yeah. That's, that and is my back tire flat is my favorite because I used to always ask people if my back tire is flat. Here's and another thing. Or go ahead. Go the, more. The best response to that is, no, you're just out of shape. <laughs> Here's another one. Why do cyclists and triathletes give each other crap? about not being all matchy matchy <laughs> right oh, i've so, gotten so much crap for this in my life so our yeah. teammate john craft uh-huh. is very concerned about being matchy matchy yeah and so john craft looks like it like if i'm thinking like middle-aged cyclist like the picture in my <laughs> head is john craft so, so he's perfect <laughs> so, john, so when i knew that john would be on a ride i would show up in my full dialed kit everything matching yeah and then a pair of socks that totally clashed yeah perfect <laughs> and he's driving like, crazy he's like lance why are you wearing those socks i'm like john i put these socks on just for you so the video that i made for the team from our training camp last year did you happen to see his comment on youtube uh, no i don't remember he's, there was a picture of a video of you coming by uh, on a downhill descent when we were doing that one of the long rides that that one day not that that matters but anyway you came bombing by and you had your whole team kit on and then you had the green socks on oh yeah. he's like those green socks are killing me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like there was a functional purpose was, for that so I, I won the green socks that day i had to wear them so you have to wear those with pride yes so yeah i thought that was kind of funny that you brought that up and i can just go straight to that comment <laughs> that he made on, on youtube <laughs> but yeah it's like why is it that we find it necessary to have everything matchy matchy and we have to have our and i i will get crap for this too because i always tell people to, to line up their the badging of their their tire with the stem oh, God. there's a yeah. functional purpose purpose for that from me from my yeah. perspective but um you know like all the little things like even the way that we take pictures of our bike it has to be uh-huh. in the big ring it has to be you know the <laughs> crank has to be parallel to the ground pointing forward and it has to line up with the chain stay and it all has to look you know like really good um in our kits and our, our have to match our socks and our helmet has to match this that and the other and your saddle can't be a different color from like your frame or you know right. all these little things why do we do that why do we care uh, I should I not be know. the one answering this question. <laughs> <laughs> I had duct taped handlebar tape for two years. Yes, so. you did. Because yeah. looking pro is fast. That's why. Yeah. Or looking so. pro makes you think you look I was fast. about to say, hey, that's. <laughs> so it's just a year I've never in thing? my life yeah. looked pro. It's a total <laughs> cyclist elitist thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the, the funny thing is, is in, in triathlon, I feel like the reason that cyclists and triathletes have always kind of clashed in funny ways actually has a lot to do with that is I think just typically by nature cyclists are usually a little bit more type a with with visual things so tri- triathletes are very type a and like their schedule and everything like that but triathletes on the other hand will show up to a group ride in running shorts if they were going to run afterwards if nobody tells them hey don't do that yeah like it's just they just pure function in the triathlon world yeah pure, like I know elite triathletes uh, like the best of the best who will cycle on the trainer in a t-shirt 
just a t-shirt. <laughs> I mean, we're talking like, That's like awesome. what, what like cyclist would ever be caught dead in a t-shirt on the trainer? No, you're, you're wearing like matching kit indoors by yourself. I've seen cyclists do before with like matching socks. And you're on the trainer. Nobody's watching. Like, why? Why are you? I don't know. Why are you trying to match on the trainer? I, I showed up to a group mountain bike ride in Vegas yeah. once, and I got out of the van, and I'm in my baggy mountain bike shorts. Yeah. And I walked up to a guy, and I go, I go, is this a baggy shorts or bib shorts kind of ride? He's like, oh, bib shorts ride. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had to go back and change. That's, yeah. That's that's maybe my favorite. What do cyclists say? Is this a baggy shorts or a bib shorts? Oh, bib shorts. Baggy shorts. shorts. Bib shorts. Oh, different shorts breeds ride. of people oh. right there, though. I mean, there's the, the baggy short people are more of like oh, your enduro you? guys are all laid back, and then like <laughs> the cross country guys are all wearing their you know they're all right. about performance you, and we're gonna fly. And, and it was and, like okay, it, it was on. It was not yeah. like a hey, we're going mountain biking. We're like, we like ripped each other apart. Yeah, wasn't, wasn't the bro ride, yeah. <laughs> I think I think, I think the even better question for gravel now should be, uh, is this a flannel or a team kit ride? <laughs> <laughs> it's a team kit ride. Yeah, no, no, definitely team kit ride. Aero, aero ride. What are the, some things in triathlon, some like weird things that triathletes oh, God, do there's that, so many. that the outward people are like, what the... And, um, we talk about shoelaces on your running shoes way too frequently. Like, yeah. so... There's these stretchy shoelaces that have come out. Yeah. They're like basically one piece that you can put onto your race shoes that make it easy to slip in and out called Loctize, I think, or something like that. Yeah. And I remember when those came out, literally every single race, the there. so if you're setting yourself up in transition, it's always this tense time and you can always tell who's like the really type A people and then there's me who's not type A and I'm just like, I think I got everything. I don't know. And you just set it down. <laughs> but everybody's got their own little routine, but we're all asking almost the same questions. 10 years in the sport, I've realized the same group of questions gets asked in transition. Lance, you can add to this as much because you've been at the transition <laughs> rack before. I have. First one, water temperature. What's a water temperature? Does anybody know the water temperature? It could be for sure going to be wetsuit legal. And there's always yeah. that one guy who's like freaking out about the water temperature. <laughs> Next one is, heard this is a pretty hilly course. Hilly course <laughs> could mean a thousand feet of elevation gain over 56 miles, which to a cyclist is like, so did basically deadpan flat. Yeah. <laughs> And there's going to be in transition rack somebody talking about a hill. And they're going to describe the hill as if this is like you're basically climbing up a wall. And it never is as steep as the people think it's like it is. It's 2% grade. Exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 It's always like, no, no, I'm pretty sure it's at like mile 24. There's going to be a hill. It's massive. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I drove in. Oh, and that's the other one. Did you drive the course? Drive the course. Did you drive the course? <laughs> Did you pre-ride the course? Where sleeves yeah. are not. No totally sleeves. different next, mentality there. Yeah. Next sure. one. My favorite one is, don't worry, I heard that they swept the corner on that descent. Because everybody freaks out about descents in triathlon, so if they don't sweep the corner, people it's lose their concerned about all the skills. bike stuff. Hmm, that exactly. sounds familiar. Yep, right. <laughs> exactly, yep. And then it's always funny because, so in that transition, Rack Lance, you remember this, there's spacing etiquette. So yes. there's, you, you reverse the bikes back and forth and you lay your stuff alternating. I, I, I will say, luckily for me being in the pro field now, you get a little bit more space. There's usually, everybody kind of knows the etiquette. Nobody's trying to be a jerk with it. Yeah, until a guy 30 minutes before, or 30 <laughs> seconds before a gun goes off, rides in and like throws, throws all their stuff, stuff out. Yeah. This is what I will say. I, I have very much, I feel very lucky to now be in the pro racks where that does not happen. Generally, there's nobody <laughs> showing up last minute there. But for, for the age group racks, there was always that etiquette of, you know, guys are kind of talking to each other and asking, they're like, hey, dude, do you need this space? Can we share? I had a guy ask me once, can we share a towel? It's like, no, we cannot share a towel. No, okay. <laughs> we're, a towel. Not, we're not sharing a towel there. <laughs> but yeah, there's, oh God, what are, what are the other ones? 
Yeah, short short sleeve or long sleeve wetsuit because you'll get the people who bring both. Yeah. For whatever reason, I would think you kind of know. Water temperature does not like change rapidly. Like it's not obviously not air temperature. If it was seventy two yesterday. It's probably going to be either 71.5 or 72.5 the next yeah, day. Even like, if it was a three degrees off, it's not that big of a difference. No, it's not that big. Yeah. No, no. The only time that matters is, <clears throat> I will say what pro triathletes say, is there's, we all forget what the, well, not, not all of us, those of us who haven't been pros for that long, always forget what the cutoff temperature is for pros. So every race I've been to now, that's always the question in the morning. What's, like, the, what's the cutoff again? Like what's nobody the, knows what, the cutoff again. We're like, we're like, wait, are we, are we allowed to wear wetsuits now? And usually the answer is no, you're not allowed to wear wetsuits. But that that's always the question. So you guys, Lance was the has-been triathlete and yeah. is the current pro triathlete. Which group of people is a little bit more nuts or a little bit more no. just off the beaten path a little bit triathletes or cyclists uh, cyclists are more elitist um yeah. triathletes are a little more strange clueless no yes. <laughs> strange i will say yeah strange and clueless is probably a better term for for triathletes i will say triathlete the, the reason i've always loved the triathlon community is it's that combination of that positive goofy vibe of the running world yeah with the purely weird goofiness of the swim world with that kind of type A cyclist, yeah. all melded into one person that is super enthusiastic about something they don't know a lot about. That's basically what person you end up with. Right. And to me, I love that community. It's great. It's, it's hilarious to be around. It makes for really fun, stressful race mornings and really fun after race sort, sort of talks. The, the, the triathlon community tends to be more welcoming Yes. Yeah, for sure. I can say that. It reminds me more of the running world. Like the running world is like you, you walk up to a marathon start line. People are nervous, but everybody's sitting there talking and having a good time and stuff. I see that in the cycling world too, but I've seen more of the bad side of the cycling world too, where it's like, everybody's lining up and nobody's talking at the start line. It's like, yeah. So you get both sides of it. But I think probably if you're talking about like, who's weirder, probably the triathletes. Probably. Yeah, they're a little goofier. <laughs> they're goofy. Oh, uh, good stuff. All right, anything else to add to that? I think I'm good. I'm tapped out. Yeah, let's put a fork in it. Let's move on. One last thing, Lance. Start stuff. I'm looking forward to training camp. Training camp. Uh, Two weeks away. Less than a week no, away. It's a week away. Less. Oh, geez. Yeah, it's this Saturday. It's Twenty seconds. Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. yeah. I'm leaving in a couple of days. I'm driving down with my wife, and uh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be awesome. I think that we still. I mean, we've got pretty much a solid plan for all of the different ride days. I know that Chris Handel spent quite a bit of time building all the routes. I'm going to try and lobby for us to maybe throw a curveball in there. I don't know if logistically speaking with, what are we at, 18 people for the ride? or the, the, Six, the camp? 16. I think it's more than that, isn't I, it? I think we lost somebody. I know that, that Pierce was having to back out because he's got some family commitments that he's got to get to, and I think that was it. I think we were 18. I don't know. We're, we're somewhere there. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I think logistically speaking with that many people, for us to get out to Joshua Tree might be a bit much. Might be hard. It might be kind of hard. So I was talking to you about this yesterday. I think that it might be kind of neat for us to go just about an hour north up into the Glendora area, um, which is like your L.A. County area, if I'm not mistaken, like yeah. south, went on and do Glendora Mountain Road, then go up uh, Crystal Mountain up to Mount Baldy, the the ski lifts. And that was the the Queen stage of the Tour of California. So it's yeah. not yeah. a cool too. 
Yeah. It's not a, a an easy ride. And it's kind of funny because it popped up. No, it's absolutely not an easy ride. Yeah. It popped up on my phone. I've got this little app called Time Hop that some people probably know about. But anyway, it kind of goes back through your social media and all of your picture camera roll and all that stuff and shows you pictures that you had from that day back in time. Right. Uh, five years ago, I did that ride. Five years ago, yesterday. I think it was yesterday. It was yesterday or Saturday. One of those two days. Anyway, um, and I, I did that ride. And it was one of the last big rides I did before I moved up here to the Washington State area. And I think just looking at those pictures, it really reminded me of how much I enjoyed that ride because it's a nice, long, steady grind of a climb to get up to the very top. Um, I did 60 miles. I think it was about 8,000 feet of elevation gain. Um, wow. And that particular ride, I didn't go all the way up to the ski slopes. And that's a, another pretty big chunk of a climb. And that's actually the hardest part of the ride is the very end to get up to the ski, to slopes. The ski slopes. So I'd like to be able to take the team up there and go do that because I think that would be an awesome ride to get up to the top. If the weather's good, it's just it fantastic long views. And you can look back and you just see this long snaking road that goes all the way up this uh It looks this like mountain. one of those. Like, I, know, I know when you watch the race, it's like one of those Alp-like European style well, climbs. Well, I, yeah. like. I just looked it up on Strava. It's nine and a half miles. Eight percent average. Eight percent. Oh my god! That's the the Mount Baldy part. I think so. Is that that's, uncategorized? That has to be HC climb. It's HC. Yeah, yeah, that's the end of the ride. That's the very last oh little section god. to the top. Okay. Now, yeah. once you get up that's to the Crystal Mountain, section. there's a nice that's little a sprint to the finish. Yeah, there's a nice little <laughs> spot you can stop. I wouldn't suggest stopping before doing the Mount Baldy spot. We can like you know ease it up there and then let the the climbers go and hammer that section, but Ooh. you know let everybody finish it, and then we can come back down, regroup at the the Crystal Mountain, get a Coke if that's what everybody yeah. needs. Who gets the but KO1 there, Robert just, or Jordan? Go. These descents, <laughs> Robert. Just Robert. Like, yep. You're going to be at speeds greater than what the, I think the, the posted speed limit is oh, yeah. going down. So you take the road and you just got these big, long sweeping turns on these just mm-hmm. awesome mountainous roads. Oh, yeah. And the views are spectacular of like just seeing the whole basin. I think that that's something that we need to possibly think about doing. And hey, I think it'd be worth it jealous. for us to get up there. That'd so. be awesome. You guys are making me no. jealous. <laughs> I'll uh, maybe shoot some pictures to you guys. Please or maybe do. post those up for people yeah. to see. So. <laughs> Please do. Sorry for hijacking that. But yeah, definitely looking forward to training camp two lands. <laughs> Good stuff. Evan, one last thing. For those of us not going to training camp, the this Sunday is the Vancouver Lake Half Marathon. Oh, yeah. Um, there will be a lot of local runners there. It's an awesome race. Uh, come out if you can. Uh, this year I will not be racing it, I decided this last week. I thought for sure I was going to be racing it until recently. I decided I'm kind of going to focus on my first race of the year coming up only a few weeks after that. So um, it starts at like 10 a.m. on Sunday, I think. The walkers start at 9.30, but it's over at a Vancouver Lake where the parking lot is next, like where the boat docks are. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. My one last thing. I just wanted to give a big heartfelt thank you to the Vancouver Bicycle Club. They did something pretty spectacular. Um, we we're running our Bikes for Kids campaign. And uh, if you guys have heard us talk about that before or haven't heard about us talk about that before, basically we try and raise as much money as we possibly can to buy a bunch of bikes for less fortunate kids. And we set them up with some really nice Cannondale bikes and some Giro helmets and some bike locks and a few other things. And um, we're trying to get to a, a goal of about seven to $10,000 so that we can buy more bikes than we bought last year. And the Vancouver Bicycle Club invited me to come speak to their board of directors, and they kind of prefaced it with, hey, we think that we can give you about $750 to go towards the Bikes for Kids campaign. And part of our bylaws is that if we do that, you have to come present to the board of directors. And I went in there and kind of ran through everything and kind of gave my little uh, nickel tour of like the whole like you know program that what we do and explained it top to bottom, answered all their questions. Got up the next morning after having that conversation with them, sat down in front of my computer, opened my email, and they generously donated to our team for us to go buy bikes for kids. 
two thousand dollars. Oh wow! That was Ooh. that just like spun my head. So I was super um, super happy about that. That That's was so cool. Thank yeah. you, Vancouver Bike Club. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I think we're up to about five thousand. Excellent. Somewhere, somewhere there, maybe a little bit more. And then um, we actually, it might even be more than that now because um, Maddie Wick on our team, she's yeah. uh, she's one of our triathlete kids yeah. and she's doing the cycling stuff as well as Lance bangs on everything. Um, she's a little scrapper. She's like 15 years old. She's been going out and like basically stealing everybody's like change and like begging, borrowing, stealing to get money. She, uh, she handed over 275 bucks. I'm like, Maddie, what? that's a whole bike for a kid. That is spectacular. So, oh, wow. um, and then we've got a company out there that is actually going to through a couple different channels is going to match that sum. So that ended up being over 500 bucks that um, she was able to, oh, wow. to, yeah. to raise, which is pretty cool. She's, so. she's pretty darn good at basically anything that she puts That's her mind awesome. to. Yeah, like she's anything that girl wants to do. Exactly. So mm-hmm. um, we are going to be running the Bikes for Kids campaign. We've got about another three weeks before we have to place the bike order. So I'm going to start mm-hmm. hitting that hard and heavy again on the social media. We'll post this up. Anything you can give, whether it's just five bucks, 50 thousand whatever you want to get <laughs> if, if you can help us out 100 percent of the proceeds not a dime is left over um go all to buying bikes for these kids so there, there's no overhead or costs and we get everything at cost so it makes our money go a little bit further um kind of a neat thing so if you guys can help support that we would greatly appreciate it fantastic cool matt we hope you get down from the mountain safe yep lance missed Matt. yep drive safe on your uh, way down to, to california will do evan I'll hold down the fort here, guys. Don't worry. I'll hold make it, sure. I'll make sure down. we stay safe here. <laughs> Evan will be here next week uh, by himself. By his, yeah, I'll just be doing a podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna do a solo podcast. We're talking a lot about running and triathlon, folks. So yeah. get get ready for it. Buckle up. Yeah, maybe we'll have to have you and Matt in here, Lance, and I can call it from camp. That would be fun. We first can do time it. that I haven't been at one of these. Things, we can do on the spot. Ooh, we should do one like while me and Matt are both on the trainers inside. <laughs> Terrible triathlon takeover. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. See you next week. Bye for now.